Welcome to Reactive. My name is Khalil and I'm here with Raquel. Hello! Hello! So, <laughs> how are you? I'm doing well. How That's are great. you? I'm doing great. Good. Good. Uh, our, our, you know, dear listeners will probably notice that we are without a Henning. Oh, yes. um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and the reason we're without a Henning is, um, you see, he was attacked by mosquitoes uh, in Florida. And okay. he's, he's just unavailable. There was just a swarm. A massive swarm mm -hmm. of mosquitoes have pinned him down. Uh, and Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And interestingly, uh, I've decided that mosquitoes are going to be the animal of the week, not because they're cute and fuzzy, but because I hate them. Um, <laughs> okay. and I just, I felt like it was important to, to find out a few facts about them Yeah. so that everyone can hate them as much as I do. Although I don't think it's much of a, uh, of a, of a contest. Mm -hmm. Um, but did you know no. that mosquitoes are the deadliest animals on earth? Uh, no. How, how, how come? Um, because more deaths are associated with mosquitoes than any other animal on the planet. They can carry any number of deadly diseases, including mm -hmm. malaria, yes. dengue fever, yellow fever, and encephalitis. They can also carry heartworm, which can affect dogs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. Um, you might have known this, but only female mosquitoes bite humans and animals. Males feed on flower nectar. Oh, so cute. No, not cute. <laughs> not cute at all. Um, and uh, let's see. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and uh, an adult mosquito may live for five to six months. And they can, uh, mosquitoes can detect carbon dioxide from 75 feet away, which is like, oh... Uh, almost 25 meters away. Wow. So okay. what they do is uh, once a female senses carbon dioxide in the vicinity, she flies back and forth through the carbon dioxide plume until she locates her victim. Because oh. that's how they find you. It's through your carbon dioxide that you breathe out. Wow. So That's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's not amazing. It's awful kill all mosquitoes i haven't i have yet to find what good mosquitoes do for the world hmm. i'm not sure what they are An so interesting quest indeed. indeed indeed so basically henning come back to us safely <clears throat> i'm sure i'm sure your your ninja skills will will come in handy so yes you will fight them off one by one yes and maybe while he's at it so hopefully you can ask them what the good is that they're doing in the world. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure they're going to give him an answer. You don't think it's going to be top of mind uh, for I Mr. Gladagots? Oh, ah, hate mosquitoes. But anyway, I feel bad for you, Henning. Uh, best of luck. We're rooting for you. Yeah. May you be on next week. Okay. So anyway, other than that, What's new? What's exciting? What's going on in the world? What's going on in the world? Good question. 
<clears throat> yeah, so uh, let's talk about glitch some more. I wanted to, I meant to do a little follow up on the glitch thing because the first time I ta talked about glitch.com, uh, I was not 100% sure of how exactly it works. And so I've, I have had multiple looks um, on uh, at glitch and um, I now know what they're doing. <clears throat> so. Share. Please um, share. Yes. So, um, glitch is, so to speak, uh, well, it's like a, it's a place where you can um, learn how to. I think that's the main purpose. Is like you can learn how to do make websites or do work with web technology in any sort that it's that is possible via javascript server side and front end side and html and css and mm -hmm. and how that works is that you go to glitch.com and you can say start a new project um something along those lines and then it will give you um basically an in-browser editor And it will load in into that editor. It loads in some some default files, and there's a client client JS and a server JS, and and it spins up it spins up a, an environment that comes with backend with a backend that that runs Node in the backend, and um, and it. Yeah, and you can you can uh, run this. You can run. It comes with a default like Express server setup, so that you can serve up a website. And then it comes with some client side um, HTML, CSS, JavaScript stuff, just sample files. And then you can you can go ahead and just edit those files right there in the browser, and then always look at the result basically. And the cool thing about that, so we've had. Um, things like that, like JS Fiddle or uh, CodePen and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, where you could edit files, front-end files in, in the browser and you could show front-end uh, the result uh, live right away and stuff like that. And, and, but that was all front-end focused. In, this, in, the case, in the case of Glitch, it is back-end and front-end. They only offering node on the back end so far that may change i don't know um but yeah you can basically you can run anything that can run in node um on there so you, you can for instance they have um a ghost blog thing where you, that you can just spin up or um uh, like yeah lots of different projects that people put up there or examples that they put in and uh you can remix those pro those Uh, projects or those um, websites and what that means basically is that when you click on one of those uh, remix buttons then it will basically make a copy of that project and spin up a whole new instance for you and you can go ahead and and edit that and play with it and see how it's you know how it's done and and um, yeah and just play around with that and uh, they They, it's kind of focused around learning um, how to how to write code for for the web, and mm -hmm. they have like they had like a live stream for beginners where they can where they showed how to build a website, how to use HTML, CSS, and stuff like that. So that's basically what what Glitch is. Yeah. So 
would you say that it's kind of like, um, I don't know if, if you do this in, in German schools, but I know in, in, in when I was in school, when I was like in, uh, in primary school, we would be given like workbooks and stuff where you can kind of, uh, start to fill things in a little bit, like, like the framework was all there, but you could start to kind of put in little bits and pieces just to kind of take away most of the, uh, of the, like the, the grunt work, just so you could kind of start to feel a little bit of, of how it works. And then, and then if you wanted to change a little bit more and a little bit more than you can, like, is this, is this something kind of like that? I mean, it sounds almost a lot like our conversation last week about magic and how, yeah. um, like, it sounds like what glitch has done is they've made magic out of the, out of the full stack with only a couple of pieces that you can start to modify at least at the beginning so that you don't have to like worry about all of it. Mm. And then slowly, go deeper and deeper and deeper if you want to is that yeah i would say kind of it's but it's not um so somewhere on the website they said something like it's fun but it's not a toy and uh i think that kind of describes it quite good because in the projects that you find on there that you can remix they they are real full-on javascript html css projects right mm-hmm. with backend often sometimes they don't have they just have a simple static server but often they also have a little backend code some of them offer they show how to use the facebook api to do things so those are full-on projects like for instance the ghost blog blogging system blogging mm-hmm. software that's not anything simple right it's very complicated it's a huge project and you can just import that and you can look at the code because it shows you the code in the in the editor in that in browser editor and you can mm. you can change that you can go in you can read the code and you can change the code so it's basically like so what they're trying to do is uh to be the modern view source of the early 2000s you know where mm. javascript developers back then or or the, at the yeah something like in the early 2000s basically JavaScript developers, web developers would learn by going on a website and then viewing the source and looking at, you know, how the person did use the CSS to do that. And do um, so today we use the console and the browser, but we don't use view source anymore. And, and you can't really, the console doesn't show you, you know, like how, uh, for instance, the, the admin backend of Ghost has been written in Ember.js or something like that. It's mm-hmm. all packed up minified code and um uh so so with glitch glitch basically solves that problem because it just takes the project in and you see you know just the source files how they have been written so you can actually read the code and learn from that and then you can go in and change stuff if you want and there are like these complicated projects but there's also very simple projects for instance mariko uh the Kusaka. yeah yeah she she did like a service worker um project on glitch which is which just basically makes use of the service worker api in the browser which um which allows you to uh cache front end files to make them uh available offline <clears throat> uh for yeah for just use uh, f- for using the website offline when there's no internet and she wrote a little readme about you know what she did and how she 
used it and where she learned about it and all those kind of stuff. And that project is just focused around that one simple thing and just about how she learned it. And she's basically giving back that knowledge to anybody who, you know, looks at that project and, and reads the code and stuff like mm. that. Yeah. So it's really full on serious, so to speak, development, like, but it, mm -hmm. they, they come just with a multitude of, uh, of done projects basically that you can just take and then spin up within seconds, spin up your, like copy that thing to, to if, into your project space basically, or you can add yourself to a project and also, you know, co collaborate. You can also do real time collaboration um, mm. on glitch as well. So it's all f yeah, about making, making this, making the code and the internals of how web, web development is done today, very accessible and, 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 and easy to dig in if, 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 if you're up for it. Mm -hmm. and so, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's really okay. interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think it it's interesting. It's really because they're really tr trying to, they, The magic here is really, it's just taking away, like setting up a server, how to, you know, you have to figure out how to run install node on your computer. You don't have to figure out how to write a static server. You don't have to figure out anything. For instance, jQuery is also already loaded by default or like that's mm -hmm. like, that's the default and the default project comes with jQuery, for instance. So, so a simple web website with HTML, CSS and jQuery you can is that's basically the default uh glitch project with a little express server and you can just start doing stuff that shows up in the browser right away and you can see how the 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 code has been because there's a little default project that shows a little list of things you can look at the jquery code and stuff like that so yeah it's just it's about that unminified um source code um that you can edit and basically copy and, and reuse for your stuff. And you can, you can really talk to real APIs, you know, that's also cool. You can, mm. There's some, some, some Facebook API examples and some other examples, it's like one example that comes with a Facebook, Facebook login. So you can remix that and, and then build an app around the Facebook login. Where people can log into your app with Facebook and stuff like that. So, um, cool. Yeah. And and Jennifer, of course, is uh, writing lots of blog posts about it and um, mm -hmm. and promoting the different uh, um, live streams that they do, and yeah, is inviting people to learn. So that's, that's yeah really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Jen wrote a, a really, I thought, a really good blog post this week uh, about learning. A, it's called "Learning About Learning About What We Want to Be Learning." <laughs> Um, which is a little confusing, but, but basically, uh, she talks about, um, like the, the, the stress I think that people have about constantly needing to be learning new stuff in this industry, because and we've talked about this on the podcast before, where there's just like 75 billion things that we could be learning at any given moment. And I think it's actually a lot harder to be, Uh, especially a front-end developer these days than it used to be um, because there's just so many options. Like there's no way a single dev could be proficient, I think, in Angular, Ember, and React 
while also being good at CSS and HTML and jQuery and, 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 right. And like, and like cross browser compatibilities, everything like you have to just kind of pick something and just go with it or acknowledge the fact that you're just not going to be an expert. Like you can't be an expert in everything. You can pick one thing or you can just try to be okay at everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what Jen did was on Twitter, she, she asked people, she was like, let's say you want to try out a JavaScript library or framework or whatever, and don't know where to start. What is that library or framework? Mm -hmm. And I mean, people like people who everybody from like, like the people who responded are, are, would fall into every category of JavaScript developer from brand new, like maybe just started learning JavaScript like this morning to people who've been doing JavaScript for over a decade. Mm -hmm. And all of them responded with things like they want to learn D3 or React or 3JS or ES6 or Backbone or Inferno or Glimmer or jQuery. You know, like Mm -hmm. everybody wants to learn something. And it's just a question of like, a, why haven't you learned it yet? B, what's stopping you from learning? C, you know, like like things like that. And and it really comes down to the fact that people feel like like it doesn't make enough sense for them to learn it if they don't have a thing to apply it to. Um, which I think is fair, right? Because in a in a world where you're being paid for what you know, it's kind of hard to make an argument for, well, I'm not working on anything that uses this right now, but I want to learn it anyway. It, it's it's tricky, right? Because you have to you have to decide basically either to go all in and say, well, my next project, I'm going to do it with this thing, even though like nobody knows how to use it yet, which is very difficult at a larger company. Um, mm-hmm. Or you have to do it on the side, uh, which I know you do, Khalil. You 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 play with stuff in your free time. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have. Like I, I choose not to spend my free time coding anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm just going to learn what they tell me to learn. Cause yeah. that's all I have time for these days. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah. definitely, but it's, it's, you're working at a, an interesting place and doing interesting stuff at work. So that's pretty fortunate. And you then learning what you need to learn for work is actually mostly, I guess, uh, often very interesting. And th- that's just something that many people, I think, uh, like, I think the worst situation is when you're working somewhere that does, where you're not learning anything anymore because because you're just maintaining a legacy website where you have to, you know, push some pixels and like mm-hmm. write, you know, just add a new jQuery plugin or something like that. And it's just like mind numbing, but it's still eight hours of work every day. And it, like mm-hmm. I've, I've done work like that. Uh, and <clears throat> it was really important for me to move out of those jobs so that I do more interesting stuff as work uh, at work as well, because then then the mm-hmm. stuff that you do on the side can also like um, well, first of all, you don't have to do stuff on the side to do more interesting things, even if it's not the perfect whatever you know, like maybe mm-hmm. you know you want to learn this one framework, but you have to do this other, but you're still using it correctly at work so that it is not, you know, like a spaghetti code project or anything like that. It's a good project Mm -hmm. and it's still, you're still learning, you're still using things correctly and and you're still, it makes sense to learn some more there. That's a, that's, that's a pretty good situation already. And then, 
And then uh, if you can supplement that with stuff you like to do on the side as well, then that's even better. Um, and of course, if you can work with your dream framework or whatever at work, that's even better. So I think that it's like twofold. Like on, on the one hand, uh, it's really important to take take away the fear f from people so that they just jump into things if they really want it, really want to work it, and they have a little, I mean, learn it, and they have a little time um, that they do that, and they and you give them a path, like, for instance, with Glitch, uh, <clears throat> maybe even to collaborate or watch a live stream to get into something. Uh, mm -hmm. At the same time, I think it's also really important to to maybe think about moving out of the job and find uh, finding a different place where you do more mm -hmm. interesting stuff because I think there's even though we there's this, this multitude of opportunity for developers um, <sighs> over time you'll learn that you really have to also you I find I mean it's an amazing privilege to have this opportunity but it's really important though at the same time to pay attention and try to feel out those opportunities before you jump in because some of them can be really exhausting and it can feel more like uh um you know like you're a worker worker bee like a cog in the system Just, yeah you know totally. and it's not something where you can, where you can grow i think it's always like if you don't if you can't can't grow at that place then you really mm -hmm. have to look at other places where that might be possible and It might might gel better with your interests. So I think those two areas are, two sides are really important. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So it can be really tricky to find the right balance of everything, and yeah, uh, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I think I just thought it was really interesting that you know someone actually just wrote this whole down, and um, so. Uh, so yeah, it sounds like you can do all that stuff with Glitch too, <laughs> which is really nice. Yeah, Glitch can give you, I mean, if you, for instance, you want to learn, so you're doing some boring stuff at work, but you really want to learn Glimmer. So what you do is you go to glitch.com and then you, there's a search field and you put in Glimmer and then mm -hmm. it will come up with a bunch of uh, projects that people made or that Glitch made and you click on one and just look at the code and see what happens there and and change mm -hmm. something in the code and you know it's as yeah. simple as that and like you don't have mm -hmm. to figure out you don't have to learn npm you don't have to figure out which you know for npm modules do i need to install if if but if if you see something's missing you can just add it to the package json in the glitch project and will add itself automatically it will install it automatically you don't have to mm -hmm. have node running you don't have to spin up a server anything like it you can just edit some code and that's it mm -hmm. so that's good Cool. And what's interesting cool. is that at the same time, I think almost the same day or something like that, for me, at least in my, uh, like how I experienced it, uh, CodePen announced projects, um, which looks pretty similar, really. Okay. Because it is also an in-browser editor. Okay. And um, it allows you to create, I mean, CodePen... Um, you know, is is this this site where you can where you can um, create little um, front end snippets basically, and people do mm -hmm. show off like cool CSS things or uh, interesting JavaScript uh, animations and 
I mean, there's lots of really cool designery, um, animation-y uh, type of uh, little projects up there. And mm-hmm. um, I think they support they support SCSS, they support TypeScript and and um, uh, ES6 and stuff like that. And they and and how it was so far was that you would you would uh, create a new project on. Um, on CodePen, and then you would have like three windows, like these iframes, where one is for CSS, one is for JavaScript, one for H- for HTML, and then you and then there's another iframe where you see the result of what you've made. And so, what they did now is that they created this projects part of the of the CodePen website that is like a like a normal like an Atom editor, basically some like yeah an IDE or an editor for for in the browser. And then you can, what you can do now is that you can basically drag and drop JavaScript files and CSS and HTML files onto the browser into that editor, and then it will upload them automatically. And then it will use those then to, you know, show the result. So, hmm. yeah, so it's, it just makes it a little nicer to, to edit those code pen projects. But it does not come with a backend side like Glitch, right? Glitch mm-hmm. has a backend side. Uh, it runs and you can I, I think you can even you can there's a, a simple way to store data on that backend I think in a like flat file system kind of DB kind of thing I don't remember exactly what it was it's it's in the glitch FAQ so you can you can really you can actually write a little uh, a hopeful node application that actually takes data from the front end and then writes it to um to that server and to the file system. You can do that with Glitch, but you can't do that with CodePen. With CodePen, it's just front-end stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, code. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting because it's very, it was just like, it had a very similar look because it's also an editor. And it was like at a right. similar time, a point in time that they announced that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but very, do you think, very solid. Hmm? Yeah, do you, think, do you think we're starting to, like I think we've always thought about newcomers to the industry, but do you think we're actually starting to see more companies actually kind of target uh, newcomers? Because it sounds to me like like there are more and more things every day to try to like really lower the barrier to entry um, for, you know, people trying to get into, into web development. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's definitely happening. I think, uh, especially in in uh, in the front end uh, area. I mean, it is it is such a such a fast changing kind of um, environment that mm. people have struggle a lot uh, with with learning everything and with keeping up with it. And and um, I find after like after a long time now, like whatever, mm-hmm. how long I'm in this business, I find myself much more relaxed than I was years before uh, about mm-hmm. all this change because I've kind of found my niche or my place a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and I can, I've also kind of, I can see through some things like some of the changes that are happening. I know, okay, here it's enough for me just to know the gist Or it's enough for me to know, like, okay, React is taking this direction. Like, for me, like, 
JavaScript frameworks is kind of the thing that I'm interested in and how they work. But I don't feel like I have to know every JavaScript framework exactly and, you know, mm -hmm. all the best practices or whatever. I have to know that with the ones that I work with, but I don't have to necessarily know from the others. The others, like I can, I can just read the blog posts, watch the talks and see, you know, what's happening there. What are the innovations? What are the gists of what they're doing and stuff? And, and, and that's, and that's, And I know that that's okay. That's enough for me, right? You know, I don't mm -hmm. have to like necessarily know everything. And um, it's, it takes a while to break through to that point, I think. But I think that that's kind of also something that these tools are trying to solve <clears throat> to make it more accessible, to show that everything is moving fast, but it's also things are repeating, you know, and many mm -hmm. things are also still the same and, And and there are similarities between things and stuff. Like you you can you can see that if you can look at the code, you can see that if you if you see you know patterns reemerging and stuff like that. And um, so um, yeah. So but to come back to your original question, yeah, I think that they're definitely. I mean, there is also this huge demand, right? So I think mm -hmm. for for more developers, for better developers. And yeah. um, so this is definitely like it's 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 a growing market, so it's a good opportunity, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, I think people are definitely realizing that there's a lot of like both from from a an employer perspective of wow, our company really needs this to be like. It's funny because I think I think in in the Bay Area people joke like. Um, It's not really a tech company just because you have an online presence. Uh, like a healthcare company that has a really good website is not a tech company. It's a healthcare company. Mm -hmm. uh, a financial company that has a really good online presence and has like a, a really neat web app is not a tech company. It's it's a financial company. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but that said, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, in order, uh, like, it's tech companies that care about that stuff. And it's, and that's not true. I think healthcare companies and automotive companies and uh, financial companies, and honestly, even, even companies that, that like care about, like that are, that seem really removed from tech, like, um, oh, I, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, like a, a workout company or something like, you know, an exercise company, like, it turns out that tech is really important these days and it will only continue to get to become more important. And yeah. so this idea that only tech uh, companies care about having good developers is no longer true. Mm -hmm. So from an employer standpoint, it really matters to have a, a solid tech workforce so that they can hire people to implement the like better UX design. I mean, looking at you banks, Uh, <laughs> who need better UX and better UI and a better application for their users. And then from an employee standpoint, like the, the market is only growing for your skills, right? Like the market for your skills is just expanding because again, it's no longer limited to just quote unquote tech companies. It's, it, it honestly is turning into every company is going to need these skills. And so uh, the, the easier it is for you to dive in, The, the lower the, the barrier of entry it is to get into it, I think the better, um, just in general. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Very interesting. Cool.
Cool. Yeah, so what else is going on? What else is going on? Um, I have been screaming at my VPN. <laughs> okay. Um, so so non-American listeners may have uh, heard a little bit about some of the more fun things that have happened in, have been happening in the United States. Um, political BS aside, um, there was a, a, a bill passed recently that undid a whole bunch of um, lawmaking that uh, was done during the, the previous administration. And in particular is that um, what this bill, this overturning of the bill did was it allows it basically allows internet service providers to to use your data in less than optimal ways. Maybe that's uh, to decide what kind of sites you're actually looking at and then either block those sites so that they can send you to the ones that have paid them more or maybe to limit your bandwidth or to just understand you better so that they can sell you more things. Um, that basically it's no longer illegal for them to really play with your data in kind of gross ways. Um, and so one thing a lot of people have started doing is getting into, uh, to start using virtual private networks. Um, and there are lots and lots of different uh, providers of those things these days. And so I have played with two now. One is called Cloak, which is primarily for uh, Apple products. So Mac OS and uh an ios um and that one's kind of expensive it's like a hundred dollars a year or something like that mm -hmm. and then um another one that i've been using is called um what is it called it's like um uh, private internet access pia mm -hmm. and 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 this one's a little bit more cross uh you know it, it's 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 not limited to Mac. It, you can use it on Linux or Windows or uh, Android or iOS or whatever. Um, and, and that one's much cheaper per year. It's only like $40 a year. Um, and you can have up to three computers on it. So ultimately, I, I decided to go with PIA just because that way my husband and I can both use it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, the IP address is like... They like the the speed seems to be pretty okay until until suddenly it stops and you have to like restart the VPN uh -huh, or uh -huh. change the IP uh, location or whatever. What's nice about PIA is that they have no logging. So even if if like the government were to be like, all right, give us everything you have, they're going to be like, we have nothing <laughs> because we don't take any logs. We have mm -hmm. no logging whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, so. So I, that, that's one of the main reasons why we chose it. Uh, that said, Cloak, which is for iOS and macOS, is really nice because it's a set it and forget it, and it'll just figure itself out for you. Mm -hmm. um, and you can also set it to say, like, uh, I'm on my company's uh, private network, so it's fine. Like, you don't have to turn on for the this one but if i'm in a cafe then yes definitely turn it on mm -hmm. or if i'm in a hotel then definitely turn it on mm -hmm. um and it'll just do it automatically whereas with pia you have to like you have to consciously decide to turn it on or turn it off or whatever um <clears throat> yeah yeah interesting eh. 
Meh. I mean, that's interesting. VPNs <laughs> <laughs> are, in my experience, also very annoying. I only use them uh, because the companies that I uh, worked at and also companies I'm working at have VPNs so I can work from home. Mm. And um, yeah, sometimes there's yeah. like shut down, like there's nothing. <laughs> traffic, no traffic, suddenly you have to stop it, get out yeah. of the VPN because, I don't know. It doesn't. It can't take the load. It's slow. Um, yeah. Although it was really funny the other day, I was trying to browse something like on Safari or whatever, and I kept getting a, a message from Google saying, uh, "This IP address has hit us too many times in the last five minutes. Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait a second. The VPN providers may be messing up on a few things." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah interesting uh, i mean there's going to be a lot of demand for that i guess with the user yeah. political developments for sure yeah so anyway but mm. what else is happening in your world um what else is happening yeah well um work work and uh we're in the process of uh making changes to to that um library we're building at work which is basically like an uh angular little library that developers can use to build their apps internally and uh that's cool i mean there's always new stuff i'm learning with the whole angular world the angular world mm -hmm. is vast and complicated and cuz uh, cuz they Because Angular, the goal that they had now with this rewrite is to make a platform. And there are so many different concepts in there that I'm learning. And um, and it has fa finally reached like a stable kind of stage where there's not... Um, and there's no any, any more crazy breaking changes um, coming into Angular. And um, yeah, so there's some best practice practices evolving and uh, now we see other projects in open source that are basically doing similar things that we're doing for our developers internally so we can also learn from that and so that's that's pretty cool that's that's really interesting um i've also been building on the side i've been building building uh, this little application that i've been talking about the tiny draft application that you can mm -hmm. use to draft your tweets and uh It, it's very interesting. It's just a, it's a very simple application. It doesn't really do much, um, but it works. It's it's up on tinydraft.net, and you can uh, you can totally go ahead and use it because it just stores the drafts in in local storage. So it will only store them, you know, in your browser in that instance. And you can you can edit them, you can delete them, you can tweet them via web intents. So there's no big API or anything in the back. But there's it was it was really fun. And I'm and I'm, and I'm continuously like building small things, around. and and this this is really I'm really happy to do this because I really like building. That that that's the the thing that I like the most is to 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 actually work on the app like. I'm not super. I'm not super interested in like the build system or, you know, how the database works or, um, you know, the newest uh, craziness in in uh, in CSS or whatever. But I like working on the app and the functionality and features, and and UX and trying to figure out, you know, how how does does this work? And it's really cool to practice that a little bit and um, and. Uh, 
and also to figure out uh, a design that I like to use and all this stuff. So I'm adding tiny features, and I'm and, and my goal really is also to add as a backend as a service. So there's this Firebase thing that Google bought that um, has pretty good Angular support. So that's going to be interesting because if I manage to do that, which is, shouldn't be too complicated, then I can actually add user accounts without a lot of hassle. And then each user ha can have, you know, a little bit of uh, storage as well. Nice. And and it's the, and then it's real time and it like updates if you have multiple instances or, or if you're logged in on multiple browsers or tabs then it will update uh, in real time when you make changes in one browser and stuff like that so that should be interesting and um, yeah learn some more stuff about how Angular works with um, with the routing and stuff like that so it's, it's cool and it's all open source it's all on my GitHub so if anybody any of of the listeners want to have a look or contribute anything like that it's uh, it's all possible via the magic of github <laughs> github magic <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so nice. that's, that's going on and uh cool yeah and then we're also preparing for uh jsconf uh it's coming up soon it's in May. oh that's right yeah yeah, so jealous. I don't get to go this year. That's such a mistake. <laughs> I know. Well, so here's the thing. I'm going to go to Oslo in June. <laughs> so I'm going to be at Web Rebels uh, in June. And uh, so that's going to be pretty cool. But um, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise... Yeah, we keep ah, have each fun other. in Berlin. Yeah. I know. No, I, I love Berlin. Yeah. It's one of my favorite cities in the it's world. It's a whole new location. It's gonna be. It's gonna be, I think, lots more people. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be literally huge. It is going to be huge. <laughs> literally, yeah. <laughs> gonna be massive. But I think. Uh, I think it's gonna be really fun, and and I'm seeing some of the the talks that have been accepted, like the, the Twitter account keeps telling me about like all the different cool speakers that are coming out and mm -hmm. that it's good. It's oh yeah. There's really going to be some great talks. Yeah. 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 Do you know if they're still doing two tracks or is it going to be more? Uh, actually, I don't know. I don't know, okay. but it's, it seems like there has to be two tracks because the amount of talks is, is mm -hmm. uh, mind boggling. Yeah, well, that's why I'm wondering. Maybe it's three. Oh, maybe it'd be three tracks. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Now that they um, went into a bigger space, yeah, maybe. I know. Yeah, but then it's like, how do you choose? Oh, yeah, worse. that's that's the thing. I like one track conferences because everybody is part of the same experience. Experience, yeah. Although I was in a two track conference the other day and or recently, and I actually really liked. The hallway track, like the one thing that miss that you miss on the one track conference is the hallway track. Like you have to have everybody has to decide not to go to the one talk, yeah. which, you know, as a speaker, if I'm if I'm at a one track conference, I want everybody to see my talk. Um, That's right. But you know, what can you do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
so hard to decide all the things. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty exciting. Um, it is. So, uh, all right, we've talked about my lack of interest in Snapchat. But one thing that I'm starting to see a lot of is Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like it's starting to just get even bigger. Like the other day I realized, or I learned that uh, a radio show has an Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make any sense to me. Why would a radio show have an Instagram account? Mm -hmm. Like it's not like anybody can see anything on the radio. Yes. So did you go to the did you go to the account? Did you have No, I don't have Instagram. <laughs> oh, you don't have that. Well, you can see it well, on the web too. I I, I could. I I was you driving. <laughs> okay. I'm a safe driver. Yeah. Don't you know. But although I do I guess I do technically have an Instagram account because somebody tried to hack into it and I got the like, hey, somebody tried to change your password on Instagram. Oh. Is that what you wanted? And like <laughs> No. no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Are you on Instagram? Like, what's? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Um, I have, I have pictures on Instagram. Um, yeah, but I, I saw this interesting article about Instagram eating everything. Instagram is uh, has has really exploded over the last months, and mm. because I can. How you can see that is that the like the people I follow on Instagram use it more. There is literally random people liking pictures of mine that are old, you know, like really old. Or you can so you can really tell. So and it's not bots. I mean, some of mm-hmm. them are bots, but but uh, some of them are real people that find your account somehow and just go through your pictures, you know, and then, and then you get, get a like and a follow and stuff. <clears throat> so that's interesting. That hasn't happened before. So mm-hmm. that's something that I noticed. And uh, Instagram stories has become very popular. Instagram stories has stolen a lot of uh, users from, from, from uh, Snapchat. It's, it's a very similar functionality. And um, yeah, in this art- in this article, this woman who works at Basecamp, she's a designer at Basecamp. She uh, made some interesting observations. So she said that, for instance, you can bookmark pictures now, and then you have an area in your Instagram profile that then shows all your bookmarks, at, like like ni- nicely organized. And so she said that that is something that she uses instead of Pinterest now to to um, collect interesting pictures that she likes. Um, so she uses less of Pinterest and more of Instagram. Then also Instagram is a resale market. So people just post things that they want to sell on Instagram and, and offer that up or whatever. You can DM them to say, oh, I'm interesting and, and buy that. Mm-hmm. And that also works because in Instagram, there is this, they have this, um, they have a pretty good search, this explore tab where you can search for different things. You can search for users, you can search for hashtags, and you can search. You can also limit your search to an area, and you can uh, limit your search to a certain subject and stuff. And then it will show you the most popular posts up top, and then the most recent posts on the bottom. 
And so this this allows you to do things to do also things like business development. Like for instance, if you say you are um, a hairdresser in Brooklyn or something like that, then you can mm -hmm. search for you know models in Brooklyn or something like that, and then check out their Instagram, and, and then and then you can say, hey. Um, If if I give you a haircut for free, would you post a picture with my link or whatever to Instagram? You know, like they, mm -hmm. on Instagram, they do a lot of this. There's a lot of people who are who have a, a big following on Instagram who have some sort of um, like they're either good looking or they create incredible art or something like like that and then they're influencers and then there's brands that then approach them or little businesses that then try to do some sort of a deal so that those people then show you know pick them up to their followers and so mm. that's happening you can do business development you can do uh, you can also uh, do location check-ins so they stole that as well well you could do that with snapchat it's basically a snapchat feature it, They had they have it in Instagram stories as well. Where you can also do it with the normal Instagram pictures. You can also put you know the location of the where the picture was shot. But with Snapchat is like uh, I mean with stories it's like with Snapchat where you just make a picture. It's 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 up there in the story for 24 hours and you can put a sticker on there. And one of the stickers that's available in uh, in Instagram is the location. It will show the name of the location in a nice way somehow you can just put that on the picture and the story picture and mm. uh and so instagram direct in her uh for her she says that instagram direct so the, the dms and instagram stole her twitter dms and people are using um instagram dms more extensively and that's also true for me um not so much that i'm not using twitter dms anymore but i have started using Instagram DM, DMs for to contact people th that I just wanted to, you know, have a quick chat or ask something because I saw that they did something on, on, on Instagram stories that was funny or interesting or I, the story reminded me of me wanting to talk to them. So I use the DMs in Instagram also more. So hmm. it's, it's interesting because they really have, they keep evolving the product in the right way so that people stay in Instagram more. It gets more sticky. Right. And, oh yeah, and she says that Instagram is also a vehicle for casual comedy, um, which is also true, which I also personally have, have um, um, how do you say, experienced because I've, uh, for some reason I found, you know, somebody who was posting interesting uh, or funny pictures with like a funny caption on Instagram. And then whenever I see one of his posts, It's cool. It's funny. It's entertaining, and mm -hmm. and there's also actually one uh, Caribbean uh, comedian. He is uh, he's called Major Hype, and he he really exploded in Instagram. Like he was a guy just working in New York uh, somewhere, lost his job or quit his job. Not sure. And because he he had time, he just started doing funny videos on Instagram. And so they were all just like in the beginning, I think were just 30 second videos and later on uh, became one minute videos. And because it was easy to do it on Instagram, use this iPhone and what he's, so he's just doing. So nobody knows where from the Caribbean he's from, but he does, he does um, 
how do you say that in English? Imitations, I guess mm-hmm. you would say, like yeah, or uh, of of all the different Caribbean islands, like their accents and how they would interact, <laughs> or what, like the Jamaicans, the Haitians, the uh, Antiguanans, or what, Africans, <laughs> yes. you know, like right. uh, all kinds of different. Like they, he he does all these accents really well, and at least from the Jamaican stuff that I've the Jamaican skits he does, you can really tell that he knows, like he is very authentic with it as well. And it's, it's very, very funny. And, um, and he really blew up over Instagram. That was also very interesting to, mm. to see. So yeah, it, it, okay. it, it is really, it uh, allows you to have your, to build your own little audience with, with audio and, and some people and with audio with uh, video and also of course obviously with pictures and also what people do a lot on instagram i've seen uh, what actually funnily also works is that people write sometimes long like almost blog posts underneath their pictures so that you have to tap to see the whole thing um but for some reason it is engaging and people do read it and uh and and get a lot of traction from that as well. Hmm. Yeah, so Instagram is doing its thing. Instagram is a place discovery tool. Oh yeah, that's that as well so you can also search for, you know, interesting restaurants in an area and stuff. Mhm. Yeah. Mind-boggling. I just find it mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah. It is. Kids these days with yeah. their newfangled social media. Uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I must say, I, I must say, I, I find this, this is something that I find very interesting, like product development mm. like that, you know? Yeah. When, when, when they, when they uh, push a product, because often you can say that if a product gets more features, then at some point it gets, it, it becomes featureitis and then it's not, you know, it's overloaded. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows how to use it anymore. It's ugly, et cetera, et cetera. And in the case mm-hmm. of Instagram, they added more features or more details or refined features or stole something from a different <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, company and added that, but did it in a very aesthetically pleasing way and did it to improve the product and it just very, yeah, executed really well on it. So I like, I really enjoy seeing that and, and, and looking at the details and, and how this all works and how they um the mechanics of keeping the people interested um mm-hmm. work is i think it's fascinating i also think it's fascinating that they managed to come back like that i think because at this at some point instagram because nothing you know it was always the same thing there was not a lot of stuff happening it it kind of felt like it was not there was less happening or it was not growing and mm-hmm. because Especially after they they stole the Snapchat fe- features, it suddenly started to really explode, and um, it's just interesting to see them come back like that. Because so far, I'm very used to um, social media networks exploding at one point and then dying, or uh, or flatlining. Not flat flatlining mm-hmm. is also dying. I mean, you know, like just the there's no growth anymore just Getting, yeah like twitter stale. is basically stagnating you know yeah kind of yeah, no definitely. new features it doesn't feel like it's growing it's no excitement and instagram literally has like a second 
wind, it's like in spring. Yeah. I mean, like that. Right, right. Yeah. It's hmm. impressive. It doesn't. It doesn't happen that often, you know. It's it's really hard to yeah. pull that off. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Hmm. Hmm. We'll see. I don't know that I can get myself into Instagram. <laughs> well, but. you don't have to. Like, no, but it only works because people. I mean, people. People like you have to use it in in creative. W like for so that it really has this effect like what this this uh the author of this post describes like it really has to be useful to you like you have to be yeah really finding inspirational things there and you have to use the explore and search features a little bit to actually find really interesting things to follow but but mm -hmm. i can definitely i can definitely say like there's really interesting there's a lot of crap you know like in like people mm -hmm. posting like sexy pictures and all this crap where that are like pictures that are super the i mean you know those are accounts that are super hype hyped up mm -hmm. and people follow them and that's more like the tmz part of instagram and then <laughs> and then there is uh but then there's really like really beautiful for instance i think because my my wife's she before she got pregnant she was working um On a, she she made this food blog and and she was posting stuff on Instagram and she also purpose purposely looked for other food blogs and food you know accounts on Instagram and there were really amazing um, food related accounts on Instagram mm. with amazing pictures and recipes and and you know artistic at one side and 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 yeah mm -hmm. just just uh interesting and like yeah if you have any interests that can be somehow displayed on instagram then it's possible that you can find some cool stuff there yeah i think that there's there's actually a lot of developers also on there picture that make pictures of their code <laughs> something like what that. doing stuff in the coffee shop little bit yeah i don't know yeah no. <laughs> yeah but that's not that interesting yeah But um, yeah, I mean, all the more power to them. That that's cool for them. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's no. that's fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> cool stuff. So Instagram's oh, eating anything, everything, and um, yeah. And so yeah. something else that I wrote on me uh, that I read on Medium is an article written by Tom Dale. He was writing about um, TypeScript and Glimmer.js because there was a lot of questions from people um, because Glimmer.js is written in TypeScript. So they were basically asking, you know, do we also have to use TypeScript or what's up? And um, so he wrote a really interesting uh, or good a great article i would say about um why they chose to use typescript for glimmer and um what he thinks of typescript and also answered the question if users need to uh, glimmer users need to use typescript and so of course glimmer users don't need to use typescript it's so just the language the 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 language they used to write it because um it gives them because type safety just you know allows them to um it, it just allows them to to uh easily uh refactor the code and um it gives it just gives you as a developer it gives you uh kind of it's like having guardrails 
<laughs> and uh, mm. and it's it's just like at some point when you it's also my experience because with Angular we're using TypeScript. Uh, it's like once you get used to it, it feels weird not to use TypeScript anymore because you don't have the the option to 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 make your the arguments type safe that you pass to a function and stuff like that. That is sometimes really really nice and uh it's nice to have it and that's the cool thing about typescript is that it's absolutely not just absolutely 100 optional there is absolutely you can take a javascript file and just rename it the file name to a dot ts and it's valid typescript so it has typescript doesn't force anything on you it just gives you the option of putting something on top of javascript which is really nice and that's something that he also um emphasizes in his uh, in his blog post and also describes though how they use TypeScript compared to how it's used in Angular where they use a custom or advanced or is it experimental TypeScript features um, in Angular so that it which make writing Angular much nicer when you use TypeScript but is really tedious if you're if you choose not to use typescript with angular so with angular it's really like if you you make your life easier by default if you use typescript and also the documentation is mostly everything is in typescript so it's kind of i feel like angular should just say just use type like you can only use angular with typescript that's i i think how they should because they, they don't put a lot of effort in Uh, making it nice for just using JavaScript. Anyway, but with Glimmer, it's not that way. So it's completely nice to use Glimmer without TypeScript, and and, and I think that's uh, that's good. It's a good. It's it's it was a really nice. Uh, it's a really nice blog post to read if you're interested in that topic right now, and we'll link it up. Link it up. Link it cool. up. Link it up. Um, speaking of which, uh, I think our time is up. Yes. Um, so you can find all the links uh, and our show notes and a link to our Slack channel uh, in at, uh, at reactive.audio. That is correct. And uh, we'd be happy for any reviews if you like the show, uh, which you can mm -hmm. find the link to uh, giving a review in the show notes as well at the bottom of the show notes. And um, what else do we say at the end? Uh, reactive pod Uh, is the Twitter account and I'm Khalil Tweets and Henning is H. Gladagots. Yes, yeah. and uh, I'm Rockbot and also shout out to Sebastian who just joined our uh, our cool Slack channel. That's right. Uh, there have been some really, really fun conversations in there uh, just the last few days. So um, come join us. It, it's a really fun group. It's a really chill Um We've uh, we've got a code of conduct. If that matters to you, um, it matters to us. Uh, and so, yeah, come hang out with us and um, and see you online. That's right. And who are you? Cool. On Twitter? I'm Rockbot. <laughs> <laughs> come tweet at me. All that right. Works. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye. <laughs>